On this week's Question of Faith, should my parish cancel our Sunday night mass for the Super Bowl? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. Miguel Chavez, the director for the Office of Missionary Discipleship. Super Bowl Sunday, coming your way. Here it is. <laughs> this is our Super Bowl episode. Can we say Super Bowl? Yeah, the, I I know the advertisers have to say big game. Like if you're ever <laughs> advertising Tostitos or chili, you have to say the big game. But I think we can say Super Bowl. Try Try to say it, Miguel. Try to say it. Super Bowl. I just said it. See, boldly and courageously. (laughs) (laughs) And so, wait, before we get to our little question about our parish, who you rooting for? Uh, come on, you got to go Cincinnati. It's Ohio. We got to stick Ohio. Now wait a minute. I'm a new Ohioan, so I'll <laughs> say it up front, right? And, and I do root for the Brands. So can you root for the Bengals because they're in the same division as the Brands? Is that a yeah, whole new level here? I say, level. look, Ohio, Ohio. We're sticking with it. Yeah, and the quarterback for the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, is from Ohio, so That's he's right. got any pl- any was at Ohio State before he was at LSU. Go, so, right? but I also think um, I like the stories and Matt Stafford. Stafford's story is great. He struggled in Detroit as a very good quarterback on a very bad team for a long, long time. So his window for success isn't very wide or long. So if he doesn't win this year, it might be hard for him to win. So I I would like to see Stafford do well. And even OBJ, although it didn't work out here in Cleveland, that would be be nice. So uh, I have no skin in the game, but um, I just want a good game. How about you, Mike? Sure. Yeah, I don't have any skin in the game either, but uh, I do like Joe Burrow. I think he's a good quarterback, and uh, I've been I've liked watching him this year, actually, except when he beats the Browns, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, he yeah. hasn't beat the Browns in four oh, games. That's right. He hasn't beaten yeah, them. Right. So, yeah. So that's fine then, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So then he can win is the way I look at it. Um, as a Fordham graduate, you know, the, the Rams, who used to be the Cleveland Rams, by the way, um, they were named after Fordham because mm-hmm. Fordham are the Rams, and they were a good college team at the time, and they asked the Cleveland owner, what are you going to name your team? He goes, well, I don't know, but you know that Fordham team is pretty good, so maybe I'll just name them the Rams after mm. them. So that wow. would give me a reason to root for the Rams if I wanted to. You know, what you just said makes me want to root for the Bengals now, though, because if the Bengals win, we can say we we beat them twice this year and twice last year, and Baker Mayfield is 4-0 and against the Bengals, I think, in the last four games. So it would build up our confidence as Browns right. fans. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly we beat the best team. Beat the best team, yeah. Best team. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, think I'll, I think I'll go Ohio, though, and I'll root for the there we go. All right, Mike. All right, so that that's the small question. The bigger question is, okay, so I'm at a parish, and they've decided to cancel their Sunday night mass. So someone wrote in today that my parish canceled my Sunday night mass. Is this an okay thing to do? Anybody have any experience with this so far? I would say it would depend upon your parish and upon the attendance at mass. So my first assignment, I was down at St. Mary's in Hudson. That was the biggest mass for the parish. And back in the day, you'd get 700 to 900 people at that mass. Wow. So you would never cancel that mass on uh, for Super Bowl Sunday because so many people came to it and it was a you know last chance mass for a lot of folks too. Um, and what it, time, what time was it? Just, it was five thirty. Five thirty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Coming from par- uh, from uh, college life, I think there's a. Um, it, it seems to be a little easier to transition in the schedule when it comes to postponing or moving mass times. I 
I have a real issue. I'm not a fan of canceling or altering mass times at a parish, uh, especially in the evening. I mean, Father, you mentioned this could be the last chance mass. Mm-hmm. Well, that's critical. Uh, so I, I think we have to take that into account. But I guess even more, and as I thought about this question, I, I think it's a sort of a slippery slope, uh, at least in its logic, because it sets a precedent that if I think something is more important or is value, if I value something more heavily than, than mass, then it must be. And so the church needs to adapt to be more convenient around my schedule. Um, it's a, it's a disordered sense of, of how we, what we place our, our value in. And, and I think that it, in some ways, sort of lends to a sense that uh, I I control what has most value. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also there's a, you're missing the point, right? I mean, when we come to to mass, we celebrate uh, in in word we celebrate the Eucharist, which gives us life mm-hmm. um, and it sustains us in our own Christian journey. I do, however, think that parishes should be creative. <laughs> all that uh, being said, yeah. All that being said, uh, so again, I'm not a big fan of changing. Mass times, especially in a parish, I do think in a college, maybe it's a little more flexible given the the uh, response and the need of the community. I do think parishes can creatively work with and evangelize around the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. But I, I, again, those, those mass times, those are the the those sustaining moments uh, each week, each day that that not only nurture us but move us forward as a people of faith. And so I that if we say this is what time this happens, it, it supposes uh, an importance and a value. Mm-hmm. I have another thought on that, but I'll let you guys speak first. Yeah, my, I mean, my practical thought on this is I'm usually the practical person here, right? You know, yeah. so, uh, so I think about this and say, well, people always have a choice as to what mass they're going to go to. So if they're not yeah. going to go to that one, then they're just not going to go to that one. They're going to choose to go to another one. Yeah. If they don't have another choice, like if that were the only mass on your parish schedule, I think we'd be talking about this a little differently. We either have to say, let's survey the parish and see, is anybody going to come? Because <laughs> if nobody's going to come, then I'm just wasting my time, never mind, you know, with the you know, the pastor's time, everybody else's time. So we should offer some other kind of alternative to this. When I was on a college campus, we, we did this. We had a, we had an 8.30 mass at night, which was sort of the last chance mass. And we had a morning mass on Sunday morning. We said, okay, if, if we canceled our 8.30 mass, because it's right in the middle of the game, right? We said, is anybody, first of all, is anybody going to come? Because some people don't like football, right? So are you, are you going to come even though the game's on? Very few people said they were going to come. So it's okay. If if you don't come, what mass are you going to go to? Are you going to go to another mass in town? Or are you going to you know you're going to come to our morning mass? And they say, yeah, well, not so much with the morning mass. And you know they're college students; they're going to sleep in. So we said, okay, if we offered a Saturday night mass on Super Bowl on the weekend of Super Bowl Sunday, would you come to that? And they said, yes. That was wildly attended. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, we we I think we've done our due diligence here. We've, people yeah. have said they're not going to come, mm-hmm. and that they're probably going to have to hunt around for another one to go to. And they, you know, some people have cars on college campuses, things yeah. like that. So it's you know the answer is to most things is it depends, right? Now yeah. let's think about a parish. You know, mm-hmm. is, is that the same in a parish? Probably not. There are more masses that are offered, mm-hmm. and um, 
like I said, some people don't like football and they depend. That might be the only mass they can go to all week. <laughs> so do you still offer it? Yeah, maybe. You know, I think you would have to, again, have we had a conversation about this as a parish? Have we been synodal about yeah. this, right? <laughs> well, speaking of, because that's a creative solution to it. You pull your folks and figure out what would work. And Miguel, you talked about being creative uh, with the Super Bowl. And as we're talking, I'm thinking back. What we used to do with our teens would be have the Super Bowl party as the life night. So right after mass, we go down and we'd have, you know, hot dogs and um, wings and wing dip and all the kind of things. And in fact, the the day that that uh, wardrobe malfunction happened yeah. with Janet right. Jackson yeah. and Justin Timberlake, I'm watching this with all my teens. There's a hundred teens from St. Mary's Hudson down there. And they're like, FD, what was that? I'm like, all right, let's talk about chase behavior and proper dress and we hope this was an accident but it wasn't but um we had our teens there and we we wanted them to come to mass and then we offered a party and then we were actually able to have good conversations about the halftime show and, and watch the game so if you can have a, a watch party at your parish then bring catholic parishioners together have some food that might be uh, an alternative where you're doing both of those things and being creative as you said Miguel. Yeah. i saw someone do a halftime mass once because oh. halftime is what about about 30 25 minutes somewhere around there you know with the show and everything else and so if you're not interested in the halftime show, which I have to be honest, I almost never am interested in the halftime show unless it's Bruce Springsteen, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> Prince that was good. Prince was good. You're right about that. You know? mm-hmm. um, but in general, I'm not all that interested in it. I mean, I usually go get something to eat during halftime and go yeah. come back and say, tell me when the game's on. You know? um, well, I'll be honest. With little children, too, we always turn it off because mm-hmm. we never know what's going to yeah. happen. That's when uh, you have a family rosary? Yeah, yeah. That's why. <laughs> Let's pray. Yeah, that's right. If our team's up, we're, we're praying and rejoicing. If our team's down, we're rolling the beads. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing, and again, speaking of the family, and to your point, Mike, uh, look, we, a week ago, uh, my wife and I had the first conversation saying, hey, Super Bowl's coming up. What, we should get some food. What should we start? You know, So we start mm. planning for this in advance. You know, I look at Super Bowl get-togethers, right, and think, or you know, even if you're going to watch it, well, there's a lot of preparation that kind of goes into that, whether you're, you're going to do uh you know make special foods or something like that so just as there would be planning for that there could be planning for this too it's just a matter of hey look uh, do we understand the importance of, of the mass and how it should be a priority in moving us in our christian life um you know i, I guess the other piece to this too i, I think that um, oftentimes where I, i've witnessed a disconnect um when it comes to convenience of mass times is <laughs> kids sports uh mm. you know so you know my my kids are in sports, and it's amazing. Sometimes the games will just show up on Sunday mornings, or what maybe Sunday evenings, or times like that. When you know, look, this is this. These are times when we would go to mass, and so more often than not, in speaking with some of the parents, the parents are like, "Well, you know, this sports; these are important things for our kids, and they are, they mm-hmm. are, because they're social, right?" But they'll very quickly prioritize that over over the mass. So I, you know, I think there's there's some bigger issues with this too, and I think that's why. Maybe speaking as a very chaotic, busy family man, the stable 
set grounded times and functions become so important because in many ways, no matter how chaotically we are pulled and stretched in our week, that's the anchor that we return to every mm-hmm. single week. So, so I, but again, being creative and what you guys have said, I think they're excellent points. We talked about this in my formation community the other night as one of the, one of the guys is a youth minister and uh, he was saying, you know, sports kind of dictates a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, it used to be that the church was very involved in these sports leagues. You know, they sponsored some, you know, CYO, all these things, right? And you know, he said, and, and we really centered ourselves, you know, where we went to those things. Yeah. And now we don't anymore. And he said, so is the fault the parents who are prioritizing sports around our scheduled mass times, or is it our lack of evangelization in going out to yeah. these sports mm-hmm. leagues, sure. letting them know who we are, doing something for them, and then maybe that gets them to come back on weeks That's when right. they don't have it. Is there an opportunity yeah. that we're losing? I thought that was a really good point. Yeah. You know? So good job, Zach, uh, you know, my classmate, and bringing that up. Yeah, a lot of the younger priests I know will go to the CYO events, the volleyball games, the basketball games, football games, and the kids and the parents love seeing the priests yeah. there. And maybe if they weren't at Mass, they'll think, oh, the Father came to this, so we could come there. So this going out is really important. I should also say, too, in our diocese, I think it's still the policy, CYO games are not allowed to start until after 1 p.m. on Sunday, so that m- the morning is for worship and for uh, and for family time, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good that's a good rule to, to go by. I was the chaplain of the rowing team at Canisius College, women's rowing. You know, I know nothing about rowing. Just to say it up front, right? I learned, but I didn't. I really didn't know anything about it. And, and I used to go to their regattas, which were you know usually cold. I might add, yeah. <laughs> I'd bundle up, you know, and stand out there by the you know, by the lake and watch them watch them row. But um, it was all it was a lot of fun. But I mean, for me, it was the same thing that you just said. It was you know I, I showed up and that gave them you know the opportunity to one get to know me, but then also to say hey you know maybe campus ministry has something that I'm missing that I, that I don't really know. Maybe I should go on retreat. Maybe I should go to Sunday mass. Maybe I should you know figure this out in some way and see what my faith means to me. And at the very least, this guy showed up for our regatta. Maybe we should show up for him once in a while. You know, they they just did. It was just a lot of fun. I really got to know the the women's rowing team really well, and um, they became really good friends as well. So it was were great. you, you were awesome. the captain or the coach? No, I was just a chaplain. I was, oh, the I, I, was I was sort of like the unofficial chaplain. Like there were a couple of rowers who were really active in campus ministry. And so I just got to know them and okay. they told me a little bit about their sports and I was like, well, okay, they're they're kind of involved in campus ministry. I should go and support them. You know, just like I went and supported women's softball because mm-hmm. there were a couple of, you know, girls who were on the retreat team who were doing women's softball. So I was like, okay, let's let's go and watch them at least and support them. But then it worked the other way. Like their teammates were like, "Hey, who's, you know, who's the guy who you're talking to?" You know, the, he I've seen him around the campus. Oh yeah, he's a director of campus ministry. Oh, okay. oh, I, I didn't. Re- well, a couple of them didn't realize we had mass. Yeah. Was, right? as, cha- as chaplain, did you ever uh, row the boat ashore, Michael? Uh, no. He's going to break out in song. I, I stayed on dry land at all times. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, there's something amazing about, and maybe disarming about the presence of someone. You know, I, I, I could see Father walking with a collar, and I can make all kinds of assumptions about Father, the position he holds the church he represents and may know nothing about it. But as soon as I get to know Father and I see, wow, look, he's engaging with people. He's real. Uh, he's authentic. And that's the thing, too, I, not just for, for adults, but young people, they're looking for what's authentic. 
it's amazing how presence can have a beautiful way to do that. That's why it's so important in evangelization. And so showing up at, at these sporting functions, showing up at these games, being the witness, uh, but also extending that invitation saying, hey, you're called to more. Come, come and, and see. I mean, that, that's so critical and important. But that presence, a profound impact. Speaking of presence, the NBA All-Star Game is here in Cleveland, and we are doing some presence on the street during that weekend. So what weekend is this? It's February 18th through the 20th. Right. And so where will we be? We will be outside the cathedral on the sidewalk, not on the construction side of the fence, but on the opposite side <laughs> of the fence, uh, along with, well, young adults, uh, youth with their youth ministers. Some of the seminarians are coming down, and we're going to be doing sidewalk ministry. We have a banner that's going to go across the cathedral. It says, uh, the Diocese of Cleveland welcomes you, a bunch of stars on it, you know, for All-Star Weekend. And we're hoping to use that again when the Cavs beat the Golden State Warriors, right. being down 3-1 in the 2022 NBA Championship this summer. It'll be great to have another parade down East 9th, put the <laughs> banner back up. Um, and we're going to be uh, doing a little sidewalk synod. So maybe yeah. you want to talk a little right, bit yeah, more like about we're, that. Yeah, you know, if people are walking around 9th Street and we pull them aside and say, you know, hey, can we ask you the three questions about, you know, about us, right? If, yeah. you know, if you're not Catholic, you know, we want to know, what, what do you think of the Catholic Church? What are things we could do better? What are things you think we do well? If you are Catholic, you know, hey, what have your experiences been with, with the church? Um, and so it'll be short answers. You know, it won't take a lot of your time. You'll get a little gift, a little parting gift for your for your trouble. Let them know. Yeah, let them know. Hashtag yeah. let them know, which is the Cavs hashtag this year, right? Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. good hashtag for evangelization. Absolutely. And, and also, we'll, in addition to those questions, to ask people in the street, hey, would, is there something we could pray for right. you know, yeah. with you? Do you have a question for our podcast? We, oh, we answer one go. question of faith. What's yeah. one question you always want to ask? Well, we can be there and ask. We might even record your voice then if we could. Oh, oh, that'd be there. great. Yeah. yeah. If we could use that. And then, uh, you know, also coming up in March, we might as well plug this ahead of time. Yeah, we have our Night of Confession. So all our churches are open for confession on the March 16th, 16th from 5 right. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And ch- there'll be a commercial running soon on many stations starting March 1st. We'll be running that for two weeks. So if you're listening to this, you haven't been in confession in a while, make sure you come out. Mm-hmm. Or if you have some friends, maybe invite a friend with you, too. Right. And then right after that, from the 17th to the 25th, is Nine Nights a Night Prayer. Nine Nights a Night Prayer. So we have nine new parishes that are going to be participating all around the diocese. And one of those churches is going to be St. Mary's in Akron. What do we know about that place? Yeah. It's a beautiful church. It is a beautiful church. It was one of those churches that was closed and then reopened with an appeal to Rome. So Father Chris Aruca is the pastor there now, and he's also the pastor of St. Bernard's in Akron. Um, St. Mary's is beautiful. It's modeled after a church in Italy and the bell tower looks very Roman in fact like mm. there's a couple churches that have that exact same um, bell tower but I don't remember what it's uh, modeled after I went to see Father Chris actually to visit him and then to ask him if he'd be open to hosting nine nights we were in the church and there was one loud fluorescent light in there <laughs> I'm like dude you gotta fix that light you, I couldn't pray in here that thing's like Arr! and uh, he fixed the light um, but I should have more historical facts about the church I just know it's beautiful. It's um, – I think it's Romanesque. Uh, beautiful yeah, uh, right. marble sanctuary with cool designs, intricate. Yeah, it towers mm. high. 
high, actually. I think if you're on the highway, it's very easy it. to see it. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. They've invited me to come out and do some stuff out of Missionary Discipleship in April. So we'll, we'll oh, cool. be out there with St. Mary's and maybe with St. Bernard's as well and University of Akron. So looking forward to it. St. Mary's has a very active and good school. Yeah. And maybe we can get some of the school kids participating and at least hosting and um, welcoming for nine nights. That would be awesome. That'd be great. And our readings for next week, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 and then 20 to 26, which are essentially the Beatitudes, or at least most of the ones that we're familiar with. So, you know, blessed are they when they hate you and revile, revile you and all those things. So, you know. One of, one of my thoughts on the Beatitudes is that Jesus embodies all of them and that he would never ask us any ask us to do anything or suggest that this would be good for us if he himself um, hadn't experienced mm. rejection, persecution, these sorts of things, hunger, um, sorrow. Uh, so it's a way to be more like uh, Jesus and recognizing that he's he's done this and he invites us deeper into his life, mm. into his paschal mystery, and that what seems to the world to bring misery actually uh, brings great joy, freedom, and peace is pretty radical. Yeah. It reminds me uh, the uh, Catholic philosopher Dietrich von Hildebrand yeah. he writes a beautiful text uh, called Transformation in Christ and in the text he, he just begins by saying that in baptism we take on the character of Christ and that as we model and, and we reflect that image uh, in and through the Beatitudes we, we participate in the life of Christ it's just as you said it's a beautiful image and as we leave you this week we hope that you can participate in the life of Christ it is. and if you have your question of faith you could email that to me at mhay at dioceseofcleveland.org. We'll see you all again next week. Hey, Miguel, you'll be back with us again next I week, I will too. be. That's Look awesome. forward to it. Can't wait. <laughs> Here on Question of Faith.